So, is there life after philosophy? I'm interviewing philosophy majors years after graduation. Let's hear what they have to say. I'm Christopher Annadale. Welcome to Life After Philosophy. My guest today is Olivia Prevo. She is an urban missionary with the Christ in the City program. She works as a second-year missionary serving and ministering to the homeless population of Denver, Colorado. She is a 2022 graduate of Mount St. Mary's University with a major in philosophy. Olivia, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dr. Dale. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Great to talk to you again. Since the year and a half or so since I since I last saw you since graduation, you've been doing ministry, urban ministry in the inner city, working with in the cities, working with the homeless. Could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and what your day looks like? What kinds of activities you have devoted yourself to since graduating? Yeah, of course. So I work for a homeless ministry program. I'm a full-time volunteer. And the type of outreach that we do to the homeless is pretty unique. It's uh, relationship-based. So what we do is, I guess what we, you know, the poverty that we're trying to address here is we see that there's a lot of like resources for the homeless materially. Um, in Denver, especially, it's actually a pretty great place to be homeless. We'll move here to be homeless because there are a lot of resources and a lot of support that um, you can get in Denver. Hmm. But there's a um, gap between the resources provided and the homeless person's uh, motivation to take advantage of those resources. And that could be for a variety of reasons. It could be mental health. It could be drug addiction. It could simply be that they don't, yeah, that they don't have any reason to to try to get off the streets. Like they actually prefer to live on the streets. And what we what we try to do is we try to kind of restore their desire for a better life through a restoration of their own sense of dignity and self-worth. Because people on the streets are people who have been just completely cut off and uh, rejected and isolated by by society to like the bottom of the barrel. And as a result, they suffer from a lot of loneliness, feelings of just like despair and the unimportantness of their own lives. And they don't have yeah, they don't see any reason or any good in reconnecting with society or trying to live a, a more dignified human life. And so what my program does is it equips young adults ages 18 to 28 to go out onto the streets regularly um, every week to the same area of the city and to try to build authentic friendships with the homeless over the course of a year. And then through those friendships, yeah, show the homeless people that they are that they are worth more, that they are valued and loved, and that they that we will walk with them in whatever yeah in whatever direction they want to um, or anything any any accompaniment they might need. So, our whole structure of life as missionaries is kind of ordered toward that. So, it's a pretty intense it's a pretty intense program as a missionary program goes. It's a lot of effort is put into the formation of the missionaries so and the community life of the missionaries because we recognize that if we don't have like friendships with each other on our teams if we don't have good if we aren't able to build good friendships ourselves then can't really give that to them so a typical day for me starts with com community prayer at 6 30 a.m 
Um, we all gather in our chapel. There's about 28 of us. We pray Christian prayer, the liturgy of the hours together, morning prayers at 630. And then we'll do street ministry in the mornings. So we'll go out to our street routes for about two and a half, three hours, two to three days a week. In the mornings and the afternoons, we have training. So we'll get some kind of training on yeah, a variety of topics, whether it's homelessness or community life, or we have intellectual formation as well. So I'm in a class right now at the Augustine Institute. We're learning about the creed. Oh, they're fantastic. I know that program. That's yes. great. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And the idea is that, that the program is trying to to shape and equip the missionaries, not only to go out to the streets, but to be lifelong missionaries after after Christ in the city. So it's a little, it's almost semi-monastic. It's like a, it's a little bit of prayer, a little bit of work, um, and a lot of time spent, yeah, learning how to build build good relationships with others. Have you had some success with this? It sounds like an interesting program, but also one that has a lot of challenges and and maybe seem like a like a steep climb in in light of the the actual homeless problem that that many cities face. Oh yeah, for sure. the The problem of homelessness is so complicated, and anyone who looks at it from a you know a kind of a one sided political view or kind of a reductionist mentality about the human person that attributes everything to, you know, to material force of addiction or everything to the the individual free choice of the person to continue to live on the streets. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do justice to the complexity of, of the problem of homelessness. And for a program like Christ in the City, success is very, it's hard to define. It's hard to say, you know, we got this number of people off the streets because we're actually trying not to be social workers. We're trying to approach them without those those kind of barriers that that have to that have to exist between a social worker and a a client. Yeah, so success for me doesn't look like well, I have this list of people that I met and they weren't in housing and now they are. But success to me looks more like what are we doing to make the homeless that we meet every day feel that they were more know that they were loved more than they were the day before. And how are we changing the the mentality and the approach to homelessness kind of on a an individual like like human basis? Like a, how am I working to change the way I see the homeless, to dignify them in the way that others see the homeless in an, in, in order to empower them to to be able to go out and see the to see and encounter the homeless as persons as well. Wow. Um, and I can say that I definitely saw a lot that a lot of that last year and you know, just spending there's there's so many names and stories of of people who who like became friends of Christ in the city like ten years ago when the program started and still show up every week for our lunch in the park that we serve. So it's not a numbers game, but it is definitely a place of yeah, just like incredible transformation and and hope for the future, I would say. May I ask you a hard question, Olivia? Yeah. What would you say to a critic, and there are a number of different critics who might talk mm-hmm. about your approach to homelessness, but I, I can imagine a type of critic who would say that the problem here is, is in part, it, there's a problem of human formation, there's a problem of, of people who don't know their dignity and people who make choices that are, that are, that are leading to them suffering, mm-hmm. but the solutions 
are not going to be doable on an individual level, that you need some social action or you need even some coercive action to break the cycle of addiction, to take people out of a destructive situation into a better situation, that politics or or some kind of social order, not necessarily social work, but that this one-on-one ministry and this this appeal to the individual and the building of friendships of the kind that you're doing may be nice, but won't won't actually address the problem at the level at which it needs to be addressed. How do you respond to a critic like that, if you don't mind my asking? I think that's a common question uh, when I describe kind of the approach of Christ in the city, because yeah, when you're looking at someone who is so broken, so beaten down by, yeah, by like their life experiences, by the system, the system, like the, the, the drug epidemic like that's here in Denver and you say like what the heck is sitting down with them and chatting with them two times a week really going to do to to alleviate their suffering Mm -hmm. and and I would just say that that you kind of need both you know like we as human beings are deeply relational and individual and individual human beings but we are so defined by we are incredibly defined by our our experiences, by society around us, by the support we do or don't get from others, and and so I'd say in that sense, like you're right, and the, the critic is right in the sense that we we can't just be going like with a friendly hand and you know offering relationship um, as a as a response to like the incredible, yeah, the incredible like systemic and like cultural cultural forces that that keep the homeless homeless and that mm-hmm. kind of contribute to their condition. However, I would say that there's a danger in kind of in kind of focusing too much on too much like overly so on the systemic kind of the systemic approach or the kind of the political social re- reforms because the those kind of changes need to happen and those kind of like effort and work needs to be put into improving those systems. However, um, it's often the case that people will avoid kind of the personal responsibility. They'll avoid the like the struggle and the difficulty of personally going out and saying, I'm going to do something to address this poverty myself here and now. They'll avoid that that challenge by kind of offloading responsibility for the the people on the margins to some kind of government or social or external institutional program and say, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to give money, I'm going to give time, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to do anything I can to not actually have to sit in front of the homeless person and face their suffering. And I think that ultimately, if you, if you, st- if you start to like lean in that direction, it really robs it robs the homeless person of being treated as a person, a person who's worth encountering, who's worth talking to, who's worth being with. And then it also robs the other people, you know, the people in society, the politicians, the average people, it robs them of, yeah, of taking that responsibility and of pushing themselves, of growing and of kind of getting like an accurate and real sense of like what the people are going through. 
and what they need. And I think that the value in that, that encounter, the value in the, yeah, the personally, whoever you are, whether you're a social worker, whether you're a college student, whether you're a college professor, whether you're a fan, like you know, a mother with kids, like the value in, in being able to have those, those kind of experiences and that, that knowledge that comes from like actually encountering and developing relationships and getting to know the people that you want to serve is is something that's not just valuable for the homeless but is valuable for those who are not housed and ultimately contributes to a better understanding of the problem um, that can then be applied on a systemic level that that's a good answer yeah. let me press you a little bit though because one of the first things you said early on was that part of the ministry involves giving people the motivation to access the mental health resources, the addiction recovery resources that are available to them, maybe more so in Denver than in some other cities. Um, but that, that as, as the material elements, those sound like they, they might be be secondary in a sense, maybe consequent to this restoration of dignity, this this authentic relationship. Is that a right way for me to be thinking about that? Or is what, what more do people get besides the uh, maybe I'm asking about it sort of fill out your answer before about how success is difficult to define. Is is this program simply doing things that are good for their own sake and that then consequently will have good effects in the material lives and the social lives and the sort of the, at the social level for the whole society? Mm-hmm. How would you characterize that? I would say it's it's definitely correct to characterize the the apostolate of the work that we do as not being oriented towards material needs first right this isn't to diminish material needs it's not to yeah it, it might even be just to say that like yeah the material needs are, are very very important and there's a lot of resources out there for that and we want to get people to those places so that they can have their material needs addressed but what Christ the like the the specific good or the specific like lack of good in the lives of the homeless that Christ in the city itself is trying to address is the kind of the deeper psychological, emotional, and spiritual, but nonetheless real needs that the homeless have. And it's it's a principle or it's like a it's an observation that can be applied to people who are not homeless. I don't know if um, the poverty of loneliness is a term that you've heard before, but the idea that in our in our Western culture, our industrialized technological culture, there's more and more physical separation between people. There's more and more emotional separation. My generation, my generation is the loneliest generation ever. Like there's studies out there that are starting to show these things, and the and so the 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 specific need that the that, that crisis city is trying to address is that poverty of loneliness it's the it's the effect it's kind of the effect of it's kind of both the cause and effect of homelessness so when you have someone who's homeless who's living on the streets they they don't have anyone who are trying to take care of them you know they don't have anyone who is and maybe some do like some do and they just are simply in such a place where they can't receive it but most of the time when someone's on the streets it's because they've burned every bridge just because they don't have good connect good healthy connections with other people right. um that that 
kind of state results in a lot of the the conditions of the people on the streets kind of down the line and then once you're on the streets that state of of isolation continues and gets worse because you're at risk for drug addiction you're at risk for alcoholism you're at risk for yeah being taken advantage of by other people on the streets so there's like a kind of a cycle a cause and effect of of beginning in loneliness and ending in loneliness and isolation when you're on the streets and and they kind of, they suffer from that even more than your average person who's already part of the loneliest generation, you know, because they, yeah, because they live lives that are so incongruent with other, um, with the other people in society, live, live lives that are so on the margins. And so they suffer kind of an acute, an acute poverty of loneliness. Yeah. And so Crisis City seeks to address that particular poverty. And it's kind of like, that's that's kind of ground zero so from that place like from that place of being of having someone like speak into your poverty and say like yeah like i want to be with you i want to spend time with you i don't want anything from you i just want to be your friend yeah so from that place of affirmation and that place of often therapeutic you know the often therapeutic relationship of of, of authentic affirmation that often and the hope is that that will inspire them to to let us walk with them towards the resources, to let us walk with them towards a life that, yeah, where they have less less suffering. But it's not that that step is not absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that it would be more to characterize like our mission as one as one of kind of addressing that poverty of loneliness before the material poverty however you know when you when you have a friend you don't want to see them like living on the streets and suffering the cold and the heat and the disease the drugs so you know there's there's a very natural kind of human progression from the kind of the connection from the friendship to something better but the something better that we're looking for is always secondary to loving the person where they are in the mm-hmm. moment and bringing Christ to them where they are and showing them that kind of love that is not conditional on them saying yes to like what we're offering them. Like it's not conditional on them saying yes to getting into housing. We're going to stick with them even if they, you know, if they relapse and choose to go back to the streets. I don't think he uses the term poverty of loneliness but i don't i wonder if you're familiar with the work of chris arnotti who is a photographer who worked with the homeless some years ago he published a book called dignity maybe i'll find a way to get a copy to you i had him here to speak on campus uh, at the mount some years ago and part of his conviction about the homeless from, from going and just walking among them talking with them being with them with with drug addicts and in drug houses and and taking their photographs letting them tell their stories was that behind the behind the lure of addiction is this desire for community and for dignity and that there really is this, this kind of crisis of meaning and that, that people go to where they can find community they can find acceptance they can find meaning in their lives and sometimes that is in in drugs in communities of drugs that that the the fundamental factors here driving homelessness are not material or even psychological or mental illness, but there's there's something that that's gone profoundly wrong in terms of social sources of meaning. So, I gather you you don't know Arnadi's work, but I'll I'll find a way of of 
connecting you with him because I think both his both his photographs and the stories that he collected from among his simply listening to the homeless are are, are really worthwhile. Yeah, I would love that. I would say from my experience last year, I'd say that's right on track. Does like missing, like if you have a good, if you have com- a community on the streets, if you have friends who you feel responsible towards and who you feel loved and accepted by is one of the biggest reasons that people leave housing and end up back on the streets that, you know, because they feel they, they miss that community. And even though that community is in such a state of suffering um you can't imagine that they want to go back but they they're searching yeah they're searching for community just like everybody else is and they'll take that community where they find it sometimes is there a christ in the city community you mentioned the the lunches in the park is that become a sort of stable thing over time even with certain missionary volunteers coming in and leaving over over time oh yeah for sure our lunch in the park is pretty awesome it's um uh, kind of yeah, going back to the the community first, and then material needs situation. It's the only it's the only service we provide directly from us is this this lunch once a week, and then on second Saturdays, because the food is almost an icebreaker. It's, it's an excuse for us all to to gather together, and it is it's the only thing I've ever seen of its kind where you have high school students, middle school students, families with kids, and then a bunch of homeless people who come for the food and and then a bunch of formerly homeless people who come because we are like family to them because it is a community and some a lot of them don't even eat, you know, they just cut it because they have food. They just come to to spend time and see their friends. Well that's excellent. That's very good. Well let me before I run out of time, let me ask you the the question of the show, so to speak. The the theme of the show is life after philosophy. And here you are, a philosophy major, 15, 18 months on from graduation, and you're beginning a second year in volunteer urban ministry with the homeless. Looking back on your study of philosophy, is there a way you think, A, that it might have prepared you for what you're doing and has some continuity with that, and B, any way that you see that the the work you're doing with the people you work with is it has a kind of philosophical and human formation component. What, what, what do you say to either or both of those questions? I think I'll just tell my story of how I got to Christ. Well, kind of my story of how I got to Christ in the city because it's really tied up in both those questions. I came into to college at the Mount not knowing what I wanted to study. Definitely didn't think it was going to be philosophy. I tried art. I tried history. I tried a lot of other kind of humanities things, tried psychology for a little bit. And I didn't, I didn't even really know what, what philosophy was. Like I encountered it in the core. I had a Star Wars and philosophy class that I just loved because I'm a huge nerd. And, and as I kind of progressed in my college career, I would just, I just kept taking classes I was interested in and all these other classes I was trying and these other, and these other disciplines just didn't seem to, to kind of address the just reality or the questions that I was trying to ask on the deepest level. And I ended up declaring a major in philosophy because I have just, yeah, I mean, anything else I studied seemed periphery to the question of like, what does it mean to live a flourishing human life? And that was a personal question for me. Like I was, I was interested in it in a very existential, very personal way of like I want to know what's right and what's right depends on who 
what reality is and who I am. And so, yeah, so my, my kind of falling in love with philosophy, my always, my kind of motivation for studying it has never been particularly academic or because I loved reading long, boring books, you know, it's because I, yeah, it's because I had, yeah, these questions about the meaning of life, about meaning and about truth and goodness and what it, what it meant to to live to for a human life like to be lived in those in like a true and good way so that was how I found philosophy and I loved yeah I loved my undergrad at the mount because I was able to very much kind of pursue those questions and whatever I wanted to do in my major in the many many other classes I took from other other disciplines to to add to my major and and so when I was thinking about what to do after after college, grad school and philosophy never really, never really called my name, at least not immediately. Because I, because when I, when I think about these questions, like these philosophical questions about life, about meaning, about the human person, it always comes back to practical questions to me, for me. So it was always like, okay, so we have these principles, we have these truths that we learned about in philosophy, and then also in theology as well. Don't want to give theology, don't want to leave theology out of this equation, but, um, so we, we have these, yeah, we have these truths. And so how do we, how do we apply them? Like, how do I, how am I going to live out these things that I believe that I, that I've studied for the past four years about like what, yeah, what it means to be a human person and how best, like, how can I help people by, by kind of clarifying these ideas about, um, the human person and reality and whatever. And so when I stumbled across Christ in the city, it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like I'd been studying for four years to, to join this program because Christ in the city is very, very intellectually informed. It is, it is a homeless outreach program, but it is kind of within that as a formation program. Um, and you might even say that the outreach the is actually inside the formation program. So mm-hmm. an incredible amount of philosophy and theology and thought and, effort goes into thinking about how to form the missionaries in order to go out to the streets and how to yeah and how to encounter and in a sense form the homeless not in like a I don't know like not like in a weird controlling way but like a yeah like what what kind of of things can we teach them about how to to have good friendships good relationship with others through through relationship with us and that just appealed to me so much so in a lot of service programs you don't have very good formation you don't have very good or not a lot of time or effort is put into kind of clarifying ideas or thinking a lot about like applying like catholic social teaching principles for example in everything that we do Mm -hmm. and so for that reason i wasn't like super attracted to a lot of a lot of different like other missionary programs like the catholic charities or focus or and focus is focus is pretty good focus is pretty good it's not great it's pretty good in the formation department and the community life but then in a lot of but on the other side of things you have like academic programs that are so so theoretical and so kind of caught up in the world of ideas that it's hard for them to come down and and be applied to like real world, real world problems and so i didn't want to be in either of those camps and Christ in the city is was just is just so it was literally created by Jonathan Reyes to be the combination of 
kind of the like emphasis on formation of focus and the emphasis on like radical service of Catholic charities, for example. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what like I feel like I've been trying to do for four years here with my philosophy degree. And yeah, so when I just kind of I I did a summer of service like missionary uh, mission trip for three weeks with Christ Mm -hmm. in the city and I kind of lived it from the inside and learned more about their formation and about their community life and I could I could see the ways that the 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 things that I believed that I'd like studied kind of the principles of life that I had immersed myself in for for four years in my philosophy degree were being practically applied in an incredibly rich and robust yeah and robust and, and useful useful um, anthropology at Christ in the city so I'd say my like my attraction to Christ in the city is completely bound up in my my philosophy degree and the amount yeah there's a lot of other like more particular ways I can see my philosophy degree coming in handy like we take we take classes at Christ in the city so I'm very so very equipped to I've been very on the more equipped end of things to just you know to to study philosophy and theology and to kind of yeah to put things into practice in in a more academic setting and then also just yeah when you're dealing with people every day with the goal of like service with the goal of helping you're always going to have an an idea in your mind of what what is good and um and how to articulate that through through like philosophical and theological methods is is just so helpful and so yeah so important so I don't think I would not be the yeah I would not be the missionary I am today without the yeah the experience I had at the Mount and the education I got in philosophy at all that's marvelous Olivia it sounds like you've really discovered uh, a a very good fit in in a kind of uh, intellectual philosophical service charism with Christ in the city. Mm-hmm. So, a final question before we go: Do you have any advice for somebody who's consider uh, students who might be considering studying philosophy in more depth, not quite knowing where it would lead them, or maybe alternately, or also for someone who's interested in Christ in the city, but is saying, "What what kind of person is Olivia that this this really this really jived with her and what would I need to be like to be somebody who who might be able to take advantage of this as well and 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 do as much through it as you as you're doing? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I would love to see every person who loves ideas and who's passionate about the truth encounter reality in in a in a robust way. Um, and I think when you go out, when you serve other people, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to devote your entire two years of your life to a mission program but even if we're talking about just yeah really good intense um, service experiences for a summer or for a weekend I think the yeah the pursuit of truth academically intellectually is always enriched when you have true content to work with um, mm-hmm. truths like life experiences and places where you can put your ideas into into practice and to test them and to see like is this true yeah so for I guess for people studying philosophy or interested in it I would say yeah don't don't leave don't leave 
real life and philosophy in separate and separate parts of your brain but always be trying to like bring them together because it will make your philosophical education more interesting and more engaging and more true because you have real experiences to kind of to back up your ideas and to kind of center yourself and like what you want to what you want to think about and who you want to be as a philosopher and then for for christ in the city i would say <laughs> there's thank you there's no criteria to be a missionary we are incredibly diverse yeah if you're thinking about if you yeah if you want to become the kind of person who knows how to love and serve radically in any in any context after after your mission work i'd say christ in the city is a really good place to to be formed in how to love god how to love others and ultimately yeah like how to to love yourself and to to discover that goodness that you have to give the world that if you don't give the world would be lacking that's beautiful thank you olivia We'll finish with that, I think. My guest today has been Olivia Prevo, a missionary with Christ in the City, working with the homeless in Denver, Colorado. Olivia, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Annadale. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Life After Philosophy. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate it five stars and share this episode with a friend. I appreciate your support.